It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at 1400ESPN.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios in beautiful, sunny Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan on this Monday, September 13th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We'll be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight right here on ESPN 1400. And coming up on the game around 6.15, we'll talk Sioux High football with one of their assistant coaches and good friend of the show, Matt Johnson, will be joining us here in studio at 6.15. Around 6.45, we'll be talking regional sports with Butch Davis, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports in Metro Detroit. And Butch will stay with us for the second hour roundtable where we have a lot to talk about locally, regionally, and nationally in the world of sports. But as we always do in the first hour, we will focus on local sports and start with high school football as the Suhai Blue Devils fell to Kingsley on Friday night at the A.J. Van Sitters Field by the score of 26-14 in a Northern Michigan Football League Legends Division game. Blue Devils led 14-12 at half. However, turnovers seem to doom the Blue Devils against the Stags. Now, this Kingsley team, they're a team that's won 23 of their last 24 games. And Kingsley got off to a good start. They scored on their first play as Connor Schuller had an 86-yard touchdown run. They would also get another four-yard touchdown run from quarterback Gage Hassam. And the Stags led the Blue Devils 12 to nothing. but Suhai came back in that first half as John Robinson had a one-yard touchdown run. He would also grab an interception on the next drive and have a 30-yard touchdown run as Cole Hawker added both extra points. And as I mentioned, the Blue Devils led by the score of 14-12, to but the Stags, they took back the momentum in the third quarter as Schuller scored on a one-yard touchdown run, the last play of the third quarter to give Kingsley an 18-14 to lead. Then the Blue Devils would fumble on their next possession, and the Stags went down the field and extended their lead rather, as Hassam had a four-yard touchdown run, ending the scoring, giving Kingsley a 26-14 victory over the Suhai Blue Devils. The Blue Devils 2-1 on the season, and they will travel to Sheboygan on Friday night to take on the Chiefs. You can hear that game over on our sister station at 1230 WSO with Dave Watson and Pat Bennon. They'll have the kickoff show around 635. And again, we'll be talking more Suhai football with Matt Johnson coming up here in our next segment. Not a lot of games locally over the weekend. The St. Ignace Saints dropped to 0-3 as they were shut out by Charlevoix, 46 to nothing on Friday night. The Saints will host East Jordan on Friday. 
In eight-player football, Newberry, they remain unbeaten as they knocked off Cedarville Detour on Friday night, 49-22 to in a Great Lakes eight East Division football game. Senior quarterback Connor Rentamaki passed for three touchdowns and ran for two more for the Indians. And the Indians led that game 28-16 to at halftime and really were not threatened after that. So Newberry now 3-0 and on the season, and they will host Munising this Friday night. While Cedarville detour 0-3 on the season, they will travel to Superior Central on Saturday. Rudyard, Pickford, and Munising, they all added forfeit wins this past week. Brimley had to forfeit against Pickford, and Engadine had to forfeit against Munising due to lack of available players. And North Dickinson, they forfeited their game at Rudyard on Friday due to COVID-19 concerns within the Nordics program. So Pickford 3-0, they will be at Ingadine on Friday night. Rudyard will be at Brimley also on Friday night. Now that game will be our EUP game of the week over on our sister station, Country 105, with Matt Pocket. Matt will have the pregame show around 645 on Friday night. Well, the first senior high school football game in Sioux, Ontario in almost two years was played on Saturday, and it was Superior Heights knocking off St. Mary's by the score of 28-11. to Caden Fisher had a rushing touchdown for Superior Heights along with Lucas Passioni and Gabe Barkley, and the Steelhawks improved to 1-0 on the season and certainly something that hasn't been seen in a long time over in Sioux, Ontario, high school football. So good to see that they're playing football on that side of the border. In high school volleyball from this past weekend, Sioux High captured the Sheboygan Volleyball Tournament on Saturday. The Blue Devils went 5-1 on Saturday and defeated host Sheboygan in two sets to none in the final match of the eight-team tournament. In pool play, the Suhai knocked off Roger City two sets to none, Onaway two sets to none, and Elk Rapids two sets to none. And in the semifinals, the Blue Devils swept past Pickford. Jayla Jorgensen, she compiled 39 digs and had four assists and three aces for the Blue Devils in the tournament. Hannah Bird, she dished out 52 assists and added 20 digs, six kills, and one ace. Mackenzie Bell, she had 32 digs to go along with 20 kills and two aces, while Avery Benoit had 29 digs, 22 kills, and one ace for Sue High. Kennedy Hagen had six aces and five assists. Laura Innerbrenner had nine kills, while Claire Erickson had 29 kills, 10 digs, and one ace. And finally, Taylor Pratt added nine assists, while Faith White had 23 digs and 20 kills. Sioux High Blue Devil volleyball team will be at Sheboygan tomorrow night and will host Boyne City on Thursday night. There was some other high school volleyball that was played over this past week, uh, last Thursday. Brimley, they defeated Newberry by a three sets to none count. Grace Hill compiled three aces, four kills, four digs, and one block for the Bays. Vivian Carrick, she had six aces, four kills, and one block, while Lindsay Hill added four aces, one kill, eight assists, and four digs. Alana Vandermeer for Brimley, she tacked on four aces, five kills, one assist, and one dig. Other matches around the EUP and high school volleyball from this past Thursday night, the Pickford Panthers, they swept past Cedarville Detour by a 3-0 count in EUP Conference volleyball action. Lizzie Story had 10 kills and 13 digs for the Panthers to go along with 11 aces and 
11 assists, rather, and three aces. Lucy Bennett, she had nine kills, 13 digs, and five aces. Madison Thermos had 12 assists, 15 digs, six aces, and three kills, while Kennedy Guild had six kills, 15 digs, five aces, and one block for the Pickford Panthers. For the Islanders, Taylor Williams, she finished with seven seven assists, rather, easy for me to say, three kills and two aces. Lily Fisher had five kills, four aces, eight digs, and was 100% on serves. Lily Plowman had five aces and four digs, while Sierra Solomonson, she notched five kills and also got in 100% of her serves for the Islanders. And finally, in high school basketball from this past, high school volleyball, rather, from this past week, the Rudyard Bulldogs, they knocked off St. Ignis, three sets to none. Brooklyn Besteman, she had 12 kills to go along with four aces, four digs, one block, and one assist for the Bulldogs. Megan Postma led the team in digs with 12 and added three kills, while Layup Beelan dished out 11 assists and had one kill and one block assist. Eve Chesney had five kills, and Lane Grenfeld had four kills for the Bulldogs. And finally, Tristan Smith, she had five assists, four aces, four digs, and one block, while Carly Mayer, she had six digs for Rudyard this past Thursday. Well, Sioux High soccer, very busy over this past week. On Thursday, Sioux High stayed close for about a half, but they would fall short against Marquette. On Thursday, by the score of 8-1, to as that match was tied 1-1 at halftime, but Marquette would pour it on with seven goals in that second half, and it was Max Dawson giving the Redmen a 1-0 lead, and it was Jorge Juan Aglet Del Rio, hope I got that name right, the goal scorer for Suhai on Thursday. And Suhai also had their first ever showcase in soccer at the Van Sitters Field on Saturday. The Blue Devils go 1-1 one one in that event, which also included Iron Mountain, Kingsford, and Harbor Springs. In their opening game, the Blue Devils defeated Iron Mountain by the score of 2-1. to one. Jorge Juan Aglet Del Rio scored in the first half, while Jackson Gervasio scored the game winner for the Blue Devils in the second half. Race Rizzo led the Sioux with five takeaways, while goalkeeper Colby Swanson collected the victory as keeper for the Blue Devils in their opener. In their second game, Suhai would fall to Kingsford by the score of 3 to nothing, and Kingsford would also defeat Harbor Springs 5-1. to and Iron Mountain would knock off Harbor Springs one to nothing in the first ever Sioux Showcase on Saturday. The Blue Devils will visit Alcona on September 20th in their next soccer match. Well, the Sioux Greyhounds uh, general manager Kyle Raftis announced the commitment of 2021 OHL priority selection pick Ethan Montroy to the program following his signing of a standard player agreement and education package. The Glenn Walter Ontario product last played during the 2019-20 season where he captained the Eastern Ontario Wild U15 AAA squad. In 28 regular season games played, the 5'11", 175-pound Montroy recorded an equal 23 goals and 23 assists before appearing in one game for the Cornwall Colts, Colts rather, U18 AAA club. Greyhounds also have kicked off their 50th anniversary season in the Ontario Hockey League. The Greyhounds have officially named their 26-player roster for the 2021 season. Going through that roster, they have two goalies, Samuel Ivanov and Charlie Schenkel. 
This year's Greyhound squad, seven defensemen, including Jacob Holmes, Andrew Gibson, Ryan O'Rourke, Connor Toms, Luke Brustowski, Caden Carlisle, and Robert Kalisti, and 17 forwards on this year's Greyhound squad, including Alex Johnson, Owen Allard, Justin Cloutier, Joel Carroll, Jordan Diantino, Tyler Savard, Rory Karens, Ethan Montroy, Dominic Mufara, Kaylin Watson, Ty Cart, Mark Boudreaux, Bryce McConnell-Barker, Cole McKay, Marco Mignosa, Landon Hookie, and Tanner Dixon. There were 14 players released from the club or reassigned to various programs following their red and white game a couple weekends ago. Those players include Coulter Taylor, Caleb Van Deven, Austin Fellinger, Cole Williamson, Jax Bellwood, Reigns Chittleton, Colton Donaldson, Blair Scott, Nathaniel Davis, Owen Parsons, Justin Spirell, Henry Brock, James Johnson, and Jackson Ryan. The Hounds do have a couple more exhibition games before they will start their 2021-22 OHL campaign that will be at home at the GFL Memorial Gardens. And again, if you want to go to a Sioux Greyhounds game, they're requir- requiring all fans be fully vaccinated. You do have to provide proof of your vaccination status. And other organizations in Ontario are doing just that. The NLJHL has also done that. We'll talk more about the NLJHL coming up here in a moment. But the Northern Ontario Hockey Association, they have also come out with a vaccine policy. The president shoots. Shepherdson stated the Northern Ontario Hockey Association is committed to a return to the ranks. The safety of all our participants, players, teams, officials, on-ice officials, volunteers is our number one priority. With this in mind, the NOHA Board of Directors has approved a motion that will require proof of COVID-19 immunization for all eligible participants and 12-age that is would be 12 years of age and above unless exempted, including players, team officials, on-ice officials, staff, and volunteers in order to participate in NOHA-sanctioned programming. Shepherdson noted that eligible participants will be required to be fully vaccinated by October 31st of this year. The NOHA will have additional details regarding the implementation of this policy, including information regarding exemption qualifications, providing proof of vaccination that will all be available in the next few days. So the NOHA joins the Ontario Hockey League and the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League in implementing a vaccination policy. Well, we're going to take our first break here on the game. We're hoping to be joined by Matt Johnson, assistant coach of the Sioux High Blue Devils. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. ESPN 1400. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafford, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your cooling bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the 
the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Green Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Green Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Summer, the change of seasons is sure to bring a smile to your face. Don't let your mood sour at the prospect of dealing with that unreliable mower for yet another year. Rely on the experts at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Their highly skilled technicians can help. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service takes pride in their work, and they know that an ounce of prevention can mean years of reliability liability down the road. Call them to talk about your service needs or stop in and chat with Paul and the gang today. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75, exit 373, Rudyard, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you, and we are joined by our first guest, one of the assistant coaches of the Suhai football program and certainly a good friend of the show, Matt Johnson, joining us once again on the game. Matt, good to see you, and welcome back to the game, sir. All right, Scott, it feels like home. It does feel like home, Matt. We've done this uh, in several different locations, but we've been here at ESPN 1400 now for three years, and you're always on the show at least a couple times, and we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come in. And uh, Matt, let's look back at the game on Friday. Certainly the Blue Devils knew it was going to be a tough task against a very good Kingsley team, a Suhai with a 14-12 to lead, but few too many turnovers and just Kingsley is a good team. You fall to the Stags by the score of 26 to 14. I just walk our listeners through that game and just your thoughts now looking back a few days on some of the things you might have to work on for the upcoming games. Well, we, you know, we knew that they were going to be, you know, perhaps the best opponent that we played. I mean, that would be the expectation. They don't lose very often. And, you know, they scored right away. It was the first play from scrimmage. 
they did something a little tricky. Um, and we, you know, we just fell behind early. We fell behind 12, nothing. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we achieved our, our plan, which is to keep them off balance. You know, we weren't, we weren't predictable. We hit them in different ways and we were able to take advantage of our quarterback speed. Um, did a nice job up front and we put together two consecutive scores and felt pretty good about the situation, 14, 12 at the half. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I'd say the two biggest things that plagued us were turnovers. You know, we put the ball on the ground, and then uh, we had some special teams, um, negative plays, I guess you'd say. You know, punts were – you certainly want, after a punt, to have them start off in a worse spot than Not you Not the one-yard yeah. line, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to me, that was a big turning point yeah. in that game. Yeah, and those, those really, in a game like that where the margin for error is so close – that's what happens. I just have to say, I've had people come up to me since then um, who went to the game, people who have kids in like eight-man football and even some officials, and they're like, that was an awesome game, like old-school football. Yeah, and that's the thing. It just, you know, wins and losses are important, but just getting a big fan base out there, and, and Kingsley certainly brought a whole bunch of fans because, you know, they're one of the best programs in the state as far as I'm concerned right now, but just having all those players there and, and, and fans there, certainly, you know, despite not getting the win, had to be a good experience for everybody there just to see, you know, beautiful night and a good crowd. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, around the state of Michigan, you know, participation is down. The quality of football, if you look at a lot of these schools, if you compared them to 20 years ago, almost nobody would say that they're in a better shape. I, we're in better shape. Like, this is as solid a team as, yeah. like, our team is as solid as you're going to have, and Kingsley is as solid as they ever have. So it's kind of going against the grain, and I think it's, like, refreshing for people to see, like, okay, these are schools, these kids are all in on what they're doing and um you know as i view it as a process like how good are we it's not just are we playing someone you know someone bad or whatever i just look at where are we and the fact is we are a lot closer to where we could be by playing that game and coach menard in media reports from the weekend talked about you know this team has passed moral victories it's no longer maybe acceptable or you know ah yeah we played well against a good team you want to win those games when you have a game like that when you have those special teams maybe that didn't do so well and then turning over the ball as a coaching staff how do you try to fix that is, is there a way is there a method how, how do you work on that well you know the the elements of whether it's kicking game or, or any element, you know, it, it comes down to there's fundamentals involved and there's repetition, right? So if something's happening, there's a reason why something's happening. I will guarantee you that no team puts in more film time than ours. Right. Um, I won't necessarily reveal what the cause of the problem is on the radio, but, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes if it's personnel, you make a change with the personnel. Uh, if it's a scheme problem, then you need to fix your scheme problem. Or, you know, maybe it's just a thing where you're not giving it enough time and repetition. So what ends up happening, you know, people tend to not notice it when things go well. And when you're winning some of these games decisively, people don't necessarily pay attention to the punting as much as they would after a game like this. So the answer is attention to detail, observing 
identifying what the issue is and then taking action to course correct. And that is being done. Matt Johnson joining us on the game. We're the assistant coaches of the Sioux High Blue Devil football team. And Matt, yeah, you know, you've been with this team for a while, and certainly Coach Menard and Campbell and the others have been around for a while. You, your specialty, uh, one of your specialties is line play, and that's certainly something that Sioux High uh, really improved on last year. How has the line play been so far this year, uh, as far as from from a coaching perspective? Well, I, th- I mean, I'm might be biased here but i i mean i think that when we play football that's the first thing that opponents look towards right. i mean really cuz i include the tight end and the wing in that combination because they you know are blocking 8 times out of 10 and so that's 7 of the 11 players on the field um you know i'll just say at the start of it uh we broke a long run you know, for a touchdown in that game. And John Robinson, the halfback, broke the run. He's a tremendous wing T halfback. Like, really, it's like in a lab, that's my perfect wing T halfback. But the point is, on that play, like, Callan Campbell had a down block that set up the run. Now, if you're not a football line coach, <laughs> or, right. you know what I mean? I'm like, not. <laughs> if you're not, like, you might not, if you're just at the game casually, you might just think John had a nice run. Sure. Well, I'm here to tell you he scored a touchdown because Callen had that down block. If that down block hadn't happened and John had a got stuffed at the line of scrimmage, all right, no people might not have known the reason. It, it, I noticed those things and, and they are unsung heroes. And you know, sometimes people just say, Well, the line, the line. Well, the line is made up of individuals who are doing their job. And you know, John Burke plays right tackle best tackle i've had and i've had some good tackles including here at the sioux and he just he's a big guy who can also be flexible and um do everything we need adam horrigan is a kick out guard um we have a couple wings we use and it's just it's a very dedicated group they train year-round for it they are very serious about football and I just am really impressed by the maturity that they approach the game with. Matt Johnson joining us on the game, talking Sioux High football. And you mentioned a couple of the running backs, Matt, uh, John Robinson and Ryan LaPlante. I always want to call him Steve LaPlante, but that's his dad's name, who I know. Uh, certainly very different running backs. Uh, John Robinson is a running back that we just really haven't seen much at Sioux High. He's he's a north-south runner, but he also runs a little east-west and southwest and northeast. And uh, just having uh, two running backs with such different styles, They've certainly put a lot of yardage on the ground. How how important is that for Sioux High's success? Well, you know, Ryan LaPlante, is, he's, a, he's a solid guy to have as a wing T fullback because those wing, wing T fullbacks run the ball a lot. It's not like you're running the I formation and the guy's just like lead blocking. Um, I formation fullbacks are wing T guards. And then John, you he is different than the other halfbacks that have been at too high um you know i think back even before i was coaching here they always had some guys who had like some some top line speed sure that would, you know you get it to them and they could go north south it's a different thing to be able to read blocks and to be able to run the ball between the tackles and accelerate and uh i'll never forget against marquette last year um we had a running back, a halfback that I felt really good about, Jack Swan, who got hurt in the game. Yep. And John got kind of pressed into duty. And 
you know, he just didn't, I hadn't seen a lot of them. So I just thought we were, <laughs> you know, you lose your halfback. You don't feel good about the situation. Sure. A tough game. And it turns out that he surpassed any hope that I could have possibly had. Um, now I can't imagine having a better one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, as, someday. As, Find your opportunity. And, 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 and what I'm saying is like, he's perfect for the offense. He's perfect as a wing T, like being able to cut it and read blocks. And like, not everyone has the vision to be able to do that. And he's kind of a tough kid, kind of an alpha male type. And, yeah. and um, I think that that, that kind of inspires confidence in the linemen. Another new addition to the squad. Uh, I'm not sure if he was on the team last year was your kicker, Cole Hawker. I mean, having a kicker that can kick extra points. I was talking about this with Dave Watson on coach's corner on Saturday. You know, that, that's an important thing. We're, we're seeing that with Rudyard. They have a kicker that made nine extra points a couple weeks ago, having a kicker and having the extra point be an option that that certainly bodes well when you get into later in the season, when maybe those close games don't always have to go for two, you got a pretty solid kicker there. You know, one of the best things about football is, is that it takes in a variety of body types and skill sets and it, it almost unites your student body and gets the best of your student body and community because people can bring their, they can contribute in the way that they can contribute. Right. And you get certain guys like Nick Chico and John Burke that are these huge, massive mountain, you know, they're mountain of a man. And uh, in this case, Cole has a skill set where he's a soccer guy and he can kick the ball. And it's a contribution. And it's a big contribution because in some of these games, you know, that could be the difference between winning or losing. You see us get a, some of those basketball kids are out and their receivers and things like that. And um, you just want to cast a wide net as you can sure. for talent yeah. <laughs> and bring everyone in. Yep. And I, I was really excited last week. I was watching him in practice kick some of those field goals, and I didn't want to stop. So I was like, <laughs> let's just keep backing it up. <laughs> Matt, looking at the season so far for the Blue Devils, 2-1 going into Friday night's game against Sheboygan. Certainly, you're looking at that game only, and there's some other big games on the schedule. But this is a Sheboygan team you routed last year. They're one and two, but they've played fairly, very well. Uh, the narrow loss, Petoskey, they beat Alpina. Uh, certainly a team you can't take lightly, and it's a rivalry game, especially for Sheboygan. You know, they get lost, what, 60 to nothing last year? They certainly want to prove something. What are your expectations going into Friday night's game? You know, I'm confident having seen their games. I've seen the films. They're better this year. They're better than they were. Um, you know, they're back to, I guess, uh, Sheboygan fundamentals you know they've uh, full house tea is kind of their tradition they incorporate some wing tea which we know very well because we do that um defensively for years sheboygan was always like in the 4-4 defense and then last year we were a little bit surprised we played them and they were in this 52 cover two defense and it looks by all accounts like they're back in their kind of traditional 4-4 defense uh which is the same defense kingsley kingsley plays but they don't play it the same um, Kingsley has like defensive linemen that w what I call submarining. They're basically diving low on <laughs> trying to create a pile on the line, whereas Sheboygan, you know, they don't do that. Um, so, you know, you win games up front. I'm confident in our group, and I feel like I like our chances up front. Um, I think it'll be classic Sault Ste. Marie versus Sheboygan, and that you'll see them in their full house tee in 4-4, us running wing T with some other things that we do and coach Campbell's defense, which it, 
you know, as Michael Lenz would say, it's G-Fence, right? It's not a specific <laughs> scheme. It's yes. just an approach. <laughs> Matt Johnson joining us on the game, one of the assistant coaches for the Sioux Blue Devil football team. Uh, Matt, a couple more questions before we let you go. And I, I think this is one I've asked you before, but you know, you teach in Pickford, you got Rudyard ties, yet you coach up here for Sioux High. Is this what your fifth season, fifth or sixth season? It's seems like it's been a while. My question is, why do you do it? Why why do you take make that drive from Rudyard every day and put in the time uh, to work for the Sioux High football program? It's my sixth season yep. here. Um, and it's my 19th season of coaching football. And I just was at this point, I, I was, you know, I was fortunate to have some very strong coaches and fell in love with the game of football. And really I have this romantic idea about UP football, which unfortunately I felt has been declining and dying. And, um, I, I was not happy with the spread of eight man football. I wanted to maintain regular traditional football and I put my money where my mouth is. Um, and there is, I was going to say the last man standing, I guess St. Ignis is standing too and kudos to them. Yeah. And, uh, that's why Barry Pearson is down there helping because yep. he's trying to exactly. say, cause he loves football sure. and he's trying to save it. And no, it's not convenient to do, but the truth is it's how refreshing is this football's in decline ever in the UP and Sioux high. It's stronger than ever. Yeah. Um, the kids here are just, they train year round and they're yep. just really committed to it. So at this point in my life, I have put so much time into acquiring knowledge. You know, I could have been like learning about more things about the stock market and <laughs> other things that are more profitable. But instead I was learning how to blocking schemes for what <laughs> So the, the least I could do, it's like almost like you owe it to the people that you learned it from is you acquire this knowledge and, if you don't use it, it's just a waste, right? And these kids are so hungry, they want to get better and they want to learn and they're so appreciative. So even to be honest, there's times where I don't, where I'm tired and I'm like, oh, do I feel like this drive? But once you're there, you're just so energized by their enthusiasm for football. And really, that is the reason. Matt Johnson joining us on the game, one of the assistant coaches for the Sioux High football team. The Blue Devils will be in action on Friday night on the road at Sheboygan, 7 o'clock kickoff. You can hear that game on 1230 WSO with Dave Watson and Pat Ben. And Matt, appreciate you taking time to come in. Always great to see you. And certainly, we'll get you more in uh, during the football season and once basketball season starts. Uh, coaching again Pickford this season, I believe? I am not. I, oh! breaking news yeah take this job and shove it. No, <laughs> no 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 that's not it i, I we'll I, edit that yeah. out yeah <laughs> no i i just wanted you know i i was kind of like a mental health break sure i i, I want to take a pause from the situation i loved coaching the kids there um you know there's just things that go with it and and be happy to talk to you about it on air, including. Hey, well, you know, Matt, I'm always looking for a color commentator. So if I'm down in Pickford uh, covering the UP game of the week, I'll certainly look you up and you you can have the floor. How's that? Let's talk. <laughs> All right, Matt, appreciate you coming in and yeah. uh, best of luck Friday and the rest of the season. All right. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We have a little more local sports to cover before we get to Butch Davis. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. 
The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compact or utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinner's at Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? That's okay. Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan product to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. It's 2021 and Green Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your cooling bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll be talking to co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, who will give us an update on everything going on in Detroit and around the state. And Butch will continue to be on the show in the 7 o'clock hour where we will have our round table. I want to thank Matt Johnson for joining us tonight on the game, talking Sioux High football. And well, certainly on this station, we want to be talking Sioux Eagles hockey. The Eagles are slated to open up their Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League campaign this Friday night against the Sioux Thunderbirds. Now that game has not been officially canceled. It is still on the league website, but it doesn't appear that that game's going to happen at Polar Stadium due to the border closure. We haven't had any official word from the league or the team as far as the status of the Sioux Eagles as the NLJHL playing exhibition games right now. They're opening up the regular season this weekend, so we don't know a whole lot as far as the Eagles and their campaign. Again, slated to open Friday night against the Sioux Thunderbirds at Polar Stadium. 
And I think all Eagle fans and certainly uh, here at ESPN 1400, we're hoping for that border to open in September. Doesn't appear that's going to happen. I've been wrong before, and I certainly hope that I'm wrong on this one. Some other NOJHL news, the Sioux Thunderbirds, they signed a couple players over the past uh, few days. Uh, the Sioux Thunderbirds, as a matter of fact, today have announced that they've signed 2004 birth year forward Kenny Belanger Jr. for the 2021-22 season. Belanger, who is from Sioux, Ontario, played the 2019-2020 season with the Toronto Marlboros Under-16 Hockey Club, where he had one goal, four assists, and just two penalty minutes in 27 regular season games. This past June, the 17-year-old forward was also drafted by the Mississauga Steelheads in the second round of the 2021 OHL Under-18 Priority Selection. So certainly, Thunderbirds getting a pretty uh, high-rated player being a second-round pick in the NOJHL. And the Sioux Thunderbirds announced today that they have signed Tunisian-born Canadian forward Yushef Chadiachi. I hope I got that name right, for the 2021-22 season. Uh, the 19-year-old forward spent the 2019-2020 season with the Kent's Hills School Huskies in Kent's Hill, Maine, where he had three goals, two assists, and 29 regular season games. The Sioux Indians, they were in action over the weekend as they were at the Honey Baked Tier 1 Showcase. The Indians would fall in the opening game on Friday by a 7-6 to count. Indians would also lose another close game Saturday morning to the CompuWare Ambassadors by the score of 2-1. to one, And then they would fall to Bigby by the score of 4-1. to one. That game also on Saturday. The Sioux Indians will start their home campaign at the Taffy Able Arena this weekend, taking on the Green Bay Bobcats. They'll have a game Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., and Sunday at 10 a.m., all at the Taffy Able Arena, free of charge. So if you want to see some good midget AAA hockey, head to the Taffy Able Arena to watch the Sioux Indians in action this weekend. Lake Spear State University Athletics from this past weekend, the volleyball team was at the Hampton Inn Invitational in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and the Lakers would lose a pair of 3-0 matches on Friday to Quincy and Minnesota Duluth. And play a bit better on Saturday. They lost to Colorado Christian 3-1. to They also lost to Minnesota State by a 3-1 to count. So the Lakers now 0-8 on the season. They will be in action coming up this weekend as they will start GLIAC conference play as they will take on Wayne State Friday at 7 o'clock. And Saturday they'll take on Saginaw Valley State at 2 p.m. Laker Cross Country returned to competition after nearly two years at the Warrior Challenge hosted by Wayne State University this past Saturday. The event opened with the women's 5,000-meter race. The Lakers placed sixth amongst all competing teams. LSSU was represented by the all-freshman roster with Josie Morrow leading the way with a time of 27 minutes, 15 seconds. The men's 8,000-meter race followed that, and the Laker men finished sixth. Senior David Mitter had a strong race to open the season, finishing fourth among the 122 par participants with a time of 25 minutes and 13 seconds. Laker Cross Country will compete in the Michigan State Spartan Invitational next Friday. 
The meet is set to be held at Michigan State's Forest Acres East Golf Course in East Lansing, Michigan. And the Laker men's golf team wrapped up the second weekend of the fall season at the Saginaw Valley State's Al Walteris Invitational that took place at the Saginaw Valley Public Golf Course on Saturday and Sunday. The Lakers finished the two-day Invitational with a combined score of 611 after posting a 305 on the first day and 306 on the second day of play. Freshman Marco Banich led the Lakers with a two-day score of 146 and recorded the team's lowest score on both days. The Lakers will have a few weeks off before returning to competition the first week of October at Tiffin, and the two-day tournament will take place Monday, October 4th, and Tuesday, October 5th at the Mohawk Golf Course in Tiffin, Ontario. And finally, Laker Hockey Show tomorrow night right here on ESPN 1400, 5 o'clock with Bill Crawford and Matt Pocket talking to head coach Damon Witten as the Lakers just a few weeks away from the start of the regular season. They will open up play at Nebraska-Omaha on Saturday, October 2nd and Sunday, October 3rd. And you can hear all Laker games over on our sister station, Today's Hits 99.5 Yes FM, with Bill Crawford and Matt Pocket. We're going to take a break. We come back. We will transition to regional sports with Butch Davis, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Summer, the change of seasons is sure to bring a smile to your face. Don't let your mood sour at the prospect of dealing with that unreliable mower for yet another year. Rely on the experts at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Their highly skilled technicians can help. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service takes pride in their work, and they know that an ounce of prevention can mean years of reliability liability down the road. Call them to talk about your service needs or stop in and chat with Paul and the gang today. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75, exit 373, Rudyard, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. 
The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compact or utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinner's of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 647 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now and for the rest of the show, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. You can hear a brand new edition of Butch on Sports from last night on his podcast site, the game sport, or excuse me, simply Butch 2. That's T O O dot Potomatic dot com. You can also find Butch on Sports on our podcast site, which I was just about to say, the game sports show dot Podbean dot com. As Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on around the state and in the Metro Detroit sports region. Butch, how you doing on this Monday night, sir? Clearing my throat for all the hollering I was doing this past weekend here. It was something else to desire here, man. Well, let's get to your weekend and talk about uh, the pro football first as the Detroit Lions got the Dan Campbell era off to maybe not the greatest start. The Lions' uh, first half looked uh, pretty outclassed in many ways, but they did make a late surge to make the game interesting as the Lions would fall to San Francisco by the score of 41-33 to at Ford Field. Uh, Butch, before I get to my thoughts and the good and the not-so-good, uh, being at Ford Field on Sunday, you had a front-row seat. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> Not too much, boys and girls. Not too much. Um, I thought the offensive plan in the first half stunk to high heaven. The things that were working, they did not, you know, implement, continue to implement them. And that was the running game. I'm very pleased with that. And the offensive line, how they blocked for the runners and whatnot there. Passing. Not so much there. Uh, seemed like the quarterback had a very good scheme of rolling out there, but when it come down to finding receivers, he had none. And the receivers he did find, they couldn't catch the ball. Yeah, but you know, watching that first half, uh, you know, turnovers, it really looked like the same old line. So I'm going to start with, I think, some of the good points of what I saw on Sunday and your thoughts. You already mentioned the the line play. I, I thought the Lions got their running game going in the first half. Obviously, they had to get away with that, being down so much in the second half. I really thought that Penny Sewell did a, a pretty good job in his first game on uh, Mr. Bosa, and I like the fight back at the end. Those are the good points, and there's certainly other points I want to cover, but as far as other good things, was there any other positive aspects to take from Sunday's game that you or I haven't mentioned? Well, the fight back is underrated because, again, when you're up by a score of 38 to 10 or whatever the score was, it was a lot, okay? You're going to have a defense playing more or less a flex defense, basically doing what they normally do, catch and let everybody catch everything in front of them and not really be uh, guarding the receivers tight. And that was what's happening in the second half or during the time the Lions took their rally back and 
San Francisco did not really recover on it until the very, very end there. That's when they tightened up the defense there. So, really, that was overrated there. Uh, the Lions did take advantage of it, and then uh, the Lady Luck did come their way on some re- uh, fumble recoveries as well as an onside kick. That was very good there. Again, the Lions seem to run the ball pretty doggone well, but again, when you don't run, you're throwing the ball 57 times. Yep. It's not a very balanced attack there, and they can't keep doing that and continue to win or want to win and win the hearts of, especially me, of course, here, but uh, a lot of fans there. Uh, fans were, who left, um, and there were a lot of them who left. Yes, there were. Fans who were in the stands there got to see uh, a little rally there. But, again, <clears throat> enough was not enough for the Detroit Lions when it comes down to them coming back. I would also put uh, one other good point is I think Dan Campbell uh, addressing the issues, not trying to sugarcoat it. And that, that brings me to uh, the bad yesterday. And there were certainly lots to go over uh, defensively, bad, all across the board, especially – at you know cornerbacks and safety, uh, you know Jeff Akuda certainly uh, had an eventful game. This the third pick in the 2020 draft last season didn't perform well, got hurt first half, just looked awful out there. And we find out that um, he has an Achilles injury now. Uh, reported today that he will be out for the season. And the other thing, Butch, with this Lions team, and it seems to be. I've watched a lot of football, and this team just cannot tackle. I mean, just the amount of missed tackles that this Lions team has had over the years it certainly was evident yesterday. I don't know how they try to fix that with a roster, to me, that resembles more of an expansion team roster, especially defensively. Is is there any hope for this Lions defense to get better? Uh, you know, they've lost Akuda, who hadn't played well, but, you know, this this defense is bad. Well, they got to do the same thing, the basics, okay? The basics, if you were in uh, Little League football, they give you five yards to chuck the receiver and whatnot there. I did not see that happen once in the game, not at all, where they really get up on top of the receiver and bust them in the mouth, okay? Never never saw it, okay? And, and that the tone that you set in the beginning of the game is normally the tone that they react to and get a little bit more wiser when they run plays. But when you're not actively um, physical with the, the players that you're going against there, they normally take advantage of you, and that's what San Francisco did. They were non it was just nonstop, non-competitive with the Detroit Lions cornerbacks when it comes down to getting roughing up the, the receivers there, making it very difficult for them to run their pass patterns. None of that happened, okay? And, again, you get five yards, okay? Start the game off, bustle them in the mouth, okay? Or do what you have to do in order to establish that we're going to be physical throughout this game. And they just did that. Some things are kind of work its way around there. Your linebackers are a lot more aggressive. Uh, your, definitely your, your, your defensive line, which needs a lot of work because they did not put a whole heck of a lot of pressure on the quarterback of San Francisco at all. So those things right now, they need to be addressed by the the uh, defensive uh, ensemble that they have for the Detroit Lions. And the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, Jared Goff didn't throw the ball downfield that much because the wide receiving core, uh, you know, not 
performing well. Tyrell Williams, who is the number one wide receiver, he's in concussion protocol. And you look at, at the, the stats from the game, Butch, the leading uh, wide receiver uh, just got 50 yards. TJ Hawkinson did a good job getting almost 100 yards and a touchdown. And the running backs certainly uh, caught a f- uh, 16 passes combined. But, you know, you look at these wide receivers, we knew that was going to be an issue going into this season. And, you know, Williams might be out next week. It's certainly going to make it tough to to try to throw the down, ball downfield for Goff. Well, Hawkinson is a very good example of what you, what I'm laying out right now. Hawkinson is a physical presence as a tight end, okay? So when he goes out there, you're not going to have too many people busting him in the mouth or whatnot because they're going to get hit in the mouth back, okay? So that left Hawkinson in many occasions finding the seam or something to get open and whatnot there. He was not challenged on that. Not when the other receivers are running lackadaisical uh, running routes or whatnot, and Jared Goff taking too much time with the ball in his hand there. He needs to learn how to release the ball quicker. The The receivers' pass patterns need to be a lot more precise. And, yes, and to answer your question very distinctly there, I did not see any of the receivers go downfield or a golf or just roping the ball downfield to kind of loosen up the defense there. That would have helped as well. Did not see that happen. Butch, the other good news, uh, we'll talk about the NFC North games before we go to our top of the hour break, and then we'll cover some of the other games starting in the 7 o'clock hour. The other good news is the Lions, despite the loss, still tied for first place in the NFC North as their next opponent, Green Bay. They were throttled by New Orleans by the score of 38-3. to Jameis Winston, or 38-3, to excuse me. Jameis Winston, five touchdowns and 148 passing yards. You saw last night Matt Stafford. 20 for 26, 321 yards and three touchdowns as the LA Rams knocked off Chicago 34 to 14. And the other NFC North team, the Minnesota Vikings, they were beaten overtime by the Cincinnati Bengals by the score of 27 to 24. So Butch, uh, the NFC North uh, off to a bumpy start to say the least. A bumpy start is an understatement of the year that not a one team win a game in that particular, in that particular conference versus the West. Every team yeah. won, so they're tied for first place versus every team in the North. They don't know where to go. Well, you can say they're all in first place still, but it's not on a positive note there. So, yes, um, we can about say right now the NFC West is going to be one of the premier conferences to be watching versus the NFC North might be something to uh, – Look around and other teams are spying around saying penciling themselves in for a win because right now I didn't see too much from any of the teams. Minnesota maybe. Yeah. Of course, they went into overtime and lost the game there. But again, uh, of all the teams that really showed me something, that was the only team and still they lost. So the Lions next game, Butch, will be a week from tonight, Monday night football at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Certainly lots of talk about the Packers and I wouldn't say selling it in in the fourth quarter, but we saw Mr. Love come in at quarterback. Uh, I still don't think the Lions can go into this game thinking, oh, while Green Bay's down, the Lions are certainly going to have to improve because something tells me Green Bay is going to get it right Monday night. Uh, something tells me that Green Bay is going to make Detroit pay if they don't come in there prepared to play a game worth uh, 
being talked about there, okay, because I know Green Bay's man. I know Aaron Rodgers did not look too cool on the sideline when Love came on in there. Nope. Of course, he didn't give up a lot of effort, too. Goes to my next question there. And a lot of us uh, reporters and uh, media people were talking yesterday is that it doesn't make any sense for you to sit a quarterback out during the preseason thinking that he's not going to get hurt or you don't want him to get hurt. Those reps are very important to get established some timing and whatnot and what are you going to do in the, uh, in the, in the post, I'm not going to say pre or the pre-beginning of the season there. And the Lions didn't do a very good job at all there when it came down to their exhibition season, which was, again, you know, it's chalked down the hill as being not aggressive at all for what talent I saw yesterday on the field. Butch, we're going to take our top-of-the-hour break. When you and I come back, we have more NFL to talk. We'll go through some of the games and some of our thoughts on week one of the NFL season. Of course, you have a Monday night game tonight in Las Vegas between the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders, and we'll talk about all sorts of things coming up on our roundtable. Here on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? That's okay. Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan product to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. It's 2021 and Green Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your cooling bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Green Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Green Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Green Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Green Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. 
And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you for hour two of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show as we are continued to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. Butch, uh, before we look at the rest of the NFL, we mentioned cornerback Jeff Akuda. Certainly, uh, of all the Lions, he had the worst day of all, not only uh, getting beat uh, on the field, also getting chewed out off the field by one of the Lions coaches and, of course, an ACL injury that's going to knock him out for the season. Uh, you know, uh, watching that game on Fox, they they had that chew out front and center. And, boy, Okuda, he certainly took it from uh, one of the Lions uh, defensive back coaches. Yes, uh, and that defensive back coach was uh, Mr. Pleasant there. That uh, was his name uh, <laughs> when he was very much so chewing. Aubrey Pleasant is his name. And he, you can read his lips saying, do your job. It ran in his face, and he was repeatedly saying that there. So, and then I had one of the camera people that I know, he came up there, he confirmed, yes, he did say, do your job. So, Jeff Okuda did not have a very good day today, or yesterday there. Probably not today either. Sure. <laughs> the, uh... The defensive coaches, along with the offensive coaches, they need to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell needs to lay it out. they got to do a better job of coaching. I agree 100%. Butch, uh, we, we touched a little bit in the last hour on, on some of the NFC North games. Uh, just looking around the league, I certainly have some thoughts from some of the games I watched. You mentioned the NFC West, all teams winning and winning rather convincingly. Yeah, San Francisco only ended up winning by eight, but they had that game pretty much in hand. And the AFC West, if the Raiders can win tonight, they could also have all their teams 1-0 and with the Chargers winning uh, yesterday, the Chiefs coming back against uh, Cleveland and I'm losing uh, the other team that's in the AFC West Denver. They won at the Giants. So just overall thoughts, uh, Butch, on week one, some of the games you watched and some of your highlights. Mainly I watched Kansas City and Cleveland yesterday, which was a pretty exciting game all the way up to the end. And you, can, you, know, you can't depict it as what the Lions went through during their last part of the game. Uh, Kansas City kind of slowly got back into the game. And, but uh, as, the, as the offense got better, the defense got better as well. And they made some crucial, crucial stops when they had to be in order for Kansas City to kind of pull out that uh, that victory, which, again, Cleveland seemed to have it well in hand. Sure until, did. Again, uh, the magic uh, of Mahomes came about there and did and did justice. And also, uh, Brother Hill at receiver there. You, I don't see how people cannot let this guy run around like he do, but he is the perfect receiver. He's no bigger than a minute, but by <laughs> golly, he is powerful when it comes down to getting the team back in the game. In the game, and he's not scared of anything, man. I I like him dearly there. Yeah, some of the games, Butch, uh, that I w- wanted to talk about. We mentioned the Rams beating the Bears, thirty-four to fourteen. The first game for Matthew Stafford, a very good game for him. Twenty for twenty-six, three hundred twenty-one yards, and three.
three touchdowns. You talked about the Chiefs and Browns, probably the best game of the day as far as, you know, the Chiefs just always seem to find a way to win those games and and having Kelsey and Hill on that offense certainly helps. And Cleveland, certainly, they did make some big mistakes there in the fourth quarter, but certainly they're a team I think that's going to make some noise in the AFC. We mentioned uh, New Orleans beating Green Bay 38-3 to already. Uh, Miami, they go to New England and win 17-16, to uh, certainly a, a close game there. I thought Mac Jones played okay for New England, uh, one of the rookie quarterbacks, and we're certainly seeing a lot of them. Uh, really impressed by Teddy Bridgewater yesterday for Denver, uh, 264 passing yards and a touchdown. Denver with a 27-13 road win over the New York Giants. We talked about the Minnesota Vikings losing to Cincinnati in overtime. Maybe I think the, the one surpriser, a couple big surprises to me. This one, maybe not a big surprise, but Pittsburgh goes into Buffalo and knocks off the Bills by a 23-16 margin. That uh, Pittsburgh defense looked very good yesterday. Carolina, they beat the Jets 19-14. Sam Darnold had a pretty good game for the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey back in the lineup. How about Philadelphia knocking off Atlanta with ease, 32-6? to Jalen Hurts, you know, this guy hasn't played a lot of games, but when he's played, he's done well. 264 passing yards and three touchdowns for the Eagles. Houston Texans put a whooping on Jacksonville, 37-21. to This is a team that's had all sorts of turmoil with Deshaun Watson uh, not playing, but they certainly took it to Jacksonville, who looked uh, a little lost out there. Urban Meyer, not used to having his team being so unprepared. They certainly look unprepared to me. Seattle, I mean, what can you say about Russell Wilson? All this guy does is go out and put up good games, 254 passing yards, four touchdowns, and the Seahawks, 28-16 victory over Indianapolis. And really, I think the biggest surprise to me, maybe not that Arizona won the game, but how convincing they were in that game. 38-13 to over Tennessee at Tennessee. Kyler Murray, five total touchdowns. We didn't see a whole lot out of Derrick Henry as far as yardage. Los Angeles Chargers over Washington, 20-16. to uh, Not much to say about that. And of course, the Thursday night game, which seems like it was a long time ago, Butch, Tampa Bay keeps on rolling as they knock off Dallas 31 to 29. So we have a good game tonight in Vegas, Butch, the Raiders uh, taking on the Baltimore Ravens Ravens with uh, quite a few injury concerns on both sides of the ball. What are you looking at in that game? Uh, nothing. You didn't mention Matthew Stafford. Yes. You didn't mention him at all. I mentioned him at first. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you didn't mention that this guy was throwing the ball, throwing bombs in the air, you know, like he's never had before in the, with the Detroit Lions. So, you know, it's been a long time since he's done it. But, again, the way he looked very convincing and the Lions was protecting him very good. I mean, he was um, – he was outstanding there. But to answer your question about Oakland and uh, their opponent tonight there, uh, Oakland will be the first time they got some fans in the place there. And I don't think they want to be embarrassed. Their culture of Oakland, I'm, I'm talking about Oakland. <laughs> Going old school. I can't, I can't get away from Oakland there. I love Vegas. Their, their coach is in um, kind of a bind there. This is his fourth year. Okay, Gruden's fourth year, and he hasn't really uh, shown the playoff uh, value with that particular team there. So I think this is a big year for Gruden and to uh, get his team together where they can show after these $2 billion they 
they shoveled out for this unique stadium that they're going to be playing in tonight. First time again, fans are going to be in it. And let's see what happened with that one there. But I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of, I don't, I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to kind of give the waiver to Oakland there. Hopefully they win their first uh, home game with fans in the in the stadium there. I hope they at least cover, Butch. I have them plus five. So Oakland uh, win I, or I cover. Too, yeah. <laughs> Butch, let's move on to college football as both Michigan and Michigan State played at home over the weekend in front of uh, big crowds and both teams won. Michigan State 2-0 and on the season as they got off to a big lead early and ended up winning over Youngstown State 42-14. to Peyton Thorne, 15 for 21 passing for 280 yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions, I might add. While Michigan, they also improved to 2-0 as they beat Washington at 31-10, and it was all rushing for Michigan. As a matter of fact, McNamara only had 44 yards passing for Michigan, which has certainly gotten a, a lot of attention there. Uh, both the Big Ten teams in Michigan, Butch, off to 2-0 starts. Your thoughts? They ran the ball. Yeah. Both Michigan State and Michigan, and they did it very successfully too. How they're going to do this the whole season, I have no idea. But they look very impressive when running the ball. Both Michigan State and Michigan there, and like I said, I'm kind of scratching my head there, especially with Michigan because they continue to ram it down their throats. Which, if something is working, exactly. working very well, you continue to do it until people can stop you. And they did not have an answer for Michigan, and because Michigan continue to ram in their throat. Michigan State, on the other hand, there they kind of mixed it up a little bit there. Is that especially the first uh, play of the, of the game when they threw the bomb there? I love stuff like that there. But again, they kind of sustained the game with good running from their uh, running backs there. So again, I'll be very, very shocked. If they don't take that same game plan and run it for next week there. But, again, also, if the team is going to be successful, and I'm talking about Michigan State and Michigan, they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to be just as successful as they was uh, last this past weekend. We're going to know a lot more about Michigan State and how good they are this weekend, Butch, as they will be at Miami on Saturday at noon. That's Miami of Florida. <laughs> that, that's that's going to be my next topic, Butch. Michigan will be at home against Northern Illinois Saturday at noon. And every Big Ten team, Butch, won on Saturday except one and a big one, Ohio State, who were knocked off by your Oregon Ducks, 35-28. to Butch, I was flipping between that and the state game, and I know you certainly liked what happened in Columbus on Saturday. Yeah, it's good to be an alumnus, huh? <laughs> you know, on that particular day, but <clears throat> when I heard the final score in the first half, you know, I kind of – Turn the channel, you know, did some channel surfing and watch some other programs because I didn't want to watch the whole game in particular, but then, then I turned back to it and saw this particular lead and, and I didn't believe it because you figure Ohio State the way they are, you know, they're at home. They're going to maybe sustain some kind of comeback here, and they didn't do it. Oregon really played an excellent game, especially they beat back there. They didn't let them do too much of anything, especially when it came down to passing the ball. Yeah, Oregon's certainly a big statement win for them, getting them into the top 10, and certainly Ohio State now pretty much going to have to win out if they have any national championship implications as far as them wanting to get in that game. Ohio State, 
must be Michigan and Michigan State, I should say. They must be Ohio State. If Oregon can do it, then those teams should be able to do it as well there. And we'll what, see how big and bad they get. Yes, indeed. And uh, latter part of the season when those, that game will count for something. And Butch, the catch of the weekend in any football game certainly happened at Miami. I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure uh, many of our listeners have, but there was a cat that was crawling on the overhang at the Miami Stadium, and it was videoed, and the cat fell, and luckily it fell into a, a group of fans that had an American flag. They caught the cat, and everybody lived happily ever after. Best catch of the week, Butch. The black cat? Uh, I think it was black and white, yep. Oh, okay. The cat's cool then. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But we're going to take a break. We come back. We'll transition to Major League Baseball, talk about the Detroit Tigers and some of the pennant races going on in the world of baseball. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show and Black Cat Lovers All. The game, ESPN 1400. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender summer the change of seasons is sure to bring a smile to your face don't let your mood sour at the prospect of dealing with that unreliable mower for yet another year rely on the experts at gaylor thompson sales and service their highly skilled technicians can help gaylor thompson sales and service takes pride in their work and they know that an ounce of prevention can mean years of reliability down the road call them to talk about your service needs or stop in and chat with paul and the gang today gaylor thompson sales and service just off i-75 exit 373 Three Rudyard, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 716 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Mason with you as we are continuing to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. You want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show? You can find it just a little after 8 o'clock. On our podcast site, thegamesportshow.podbean.com, we put all editions of the game on that site, as well as Butch on Sports, the Game Sports Show with Dave McKegg, along with Coach's Corner over on 1230 WSO with Dave Watson, Suhai Blue Devil Athletics, and more. 
all at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, let's transition to Major League Baseball. While the Detroit Tigers are realistically out of any playoff possibilities, they certainly showed a lot of fight this weekend at Comerica Park as they took two of three games from American League leaders Tampa Bay, including Sunday's 8-7 to win in 11 innings as Robbie Grossman drew a bases-loaded walk-off walk as the Tigers now 68-76 and idle today before beginning a two-game set at home against Milwaukee. Uh, certainly the Tigers, Butch, uh, played some pretty good baseball this weekend, taking two of three from Tampa. I don't know about pretty good baseball. I would say better than most. They had a little bit more fight in them than, and a little bit more luck than, uh, than other days and whatnot there. Uh, I've seen... Um, uh, quite a bit, you know, running uh, mistakes in, in the game there. I went down there Saturday night to see it, and, and me and plenty of other people there, and we was talking in the uh, press box. Basically, on some of the mistakes they were making, uh, the Tigers, that is, that was one of the games that they lost. But again, uh, overall, with the series that they played in Detroit and they deal with the Brewers uh, this uh, upcoming Tuesday, which is a couple games there. Uh, they're getting some heavyweight teams coming into town. Yes, they are. They seem to be doing pretty well. I can't understand it, though, where the Tigers are very much so hyped up when it comes down to the good teams there. And uh, teams like Kansas City or Baltimore, they beat the crap out of them, okay? So, again, uh, some growing pains there. And I, I keep reminding my fans, Many of the Tigers that you see this year will not be there next year there. And I think there's some tests going around with, you know, certain players like Nico Goodrum uh, and some other players and see if they're going to be able to make that club next year there. I know the pressure is on them because we got several kids that are going to be coming up from Toledo and make the uh, main squad next year. Green is one of them. Torkelson is another one. You can about pencil them in on being in the uh, – the actual roster for the Detroit Tigers. So, again, there's a lot of uh, see and say when it comes out to the Tigers and how they're going to perform from now to the rest of the season. The most important thing I saw was Mickey Cabrera with that nine yeah. streak. That was something to – I would never tell him that any player would be able to do that. At least I've not seen it in my time. But to hit nine times in a row, and he really pulled up his average a little bit there. But I hopefully Mickey Cabrera can get 3,000 hits this season there. i really like to see that there. He's getting pretty close, Butch, and certainly when you go nine for nine, that'll help your average and getting to 3,000 hits. Uh, Butch, one other Tigers note, uh, Robbie Grossman, uh, you know, who I think could arguably be the Tigers MVP this season, was talking about the turning of the culture in Detroit for the Tigers. He was quoted yesterday saying, there's been a turning of the culture here and the way we play. Other teams see it. Every guy in our dugout was saying, these guys aren't better than us. It just comes down to small things. It's exciting to come to the park and expect to win instead of just saying, let's see what happens. That's a huge cultural difference. We hear a lot about changing the culture. We've heard it a lot with the Detroit Lions who are still continuing to do that. My question to you is, have you seen any of that from what you've seen? Is is there sort of a culture change with this Tigers team who hasn't been great this year, but they've shown signs that they can be at least good. Yeah, that's my opinion. I would say no. 
I, I don't see no culture changing there. <clears throat> when Jim Leland came, first came to the Tigers, and this first homestand where they stunk it up there, the first homestand they did, and Jim Leland had a closed meeting and came in and told uh, every reporter, I don't have time to talk today, but I will tell you what I, what I did say to the to the uh, particular players. Whatever they did the year before, chalk it up because it won't happen here this year. I'll send you all down to Toledo. And I don't think uh, A.J. Hinch uh, has used that impression. He was under, you know, the impression I got is he had a lot of young kids. He wanted to play um, see and say and see what this particular player do, that particular player do, this particular lineup, that particular. You haven't seen what you call a steady lineup where uh, the players deservingly uh, who need to be in the lineup uh, in the lineup. And that's one of the statements I made Saturday to one of my co uh, colleagues there, that the best players for the Tigers is not on the field. Not a lot, okay? And that kind of bothered me particularly there. So you, I can see the Tigers still testing the waters, per se. Maybe uh, Grossman, who has not been there first year, he's been there seeing uh, maybe a culture change and how the effort of, of how the Tigers do their business and whatnot there. I have seen better. But uh, you better believe hopefully next year when these uh, younger players who are basically right now getting a whole lot of acclaim, uh, they're minor league playing in the triple league or some of them in Erie in double league, when they come up, it's going to be a shock, uh, culture shock change of some of the players now have to get a lot better and better very quickly. They, if it's not a culture change next year, it better be a culture change because it's going to change quick, fast, in a hurry. Again, I don't think you're going to see some players that you see this year on the Tigers roster next year. I would agree with you on that, Butch, 100%. Uh, Butch, before we go to the pennant races, I wanted to mention former Detroit Tiger Max Scherzer uh, had a big day yesterday. He got his 3,000th career strikeout. He had an immaculate inning, meaning he pitched nine strikes and got all three players out on those nine strikes. And since he's gone to the Dodgers, Butch, listen to these stats right here for Scherzer. He has been absolutely lights out. Uh, 8-0, has not lost. His ERA is under 1. And this guy's 37 years old, so he's not exactly getting younger. Max Scherzer certainly a, a great addition to the Dodgers, and certainly as a Tigers fan, you wish there was a way they could have kept him because, boy, he has been a, basically perfect this season. Like every Tiger left town by sundown, <laughs> I doing well in yep. other places there. And that's the, the mistake why I did not agree with the culture change because the Tigers have had very good players. Castellano over there with Cincinnati doing one heck of a job yep. there. And that team is a lot better than that would be worse. Um, you, 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 you look at what you got there, but, again, that's why I say the players – who are on the active roster and, and with any team, they have to somewhat bond very quickly in order for a team to be a very good team. And, you know, in, in fairness with the Tigers there, they're becoming to be believers of themselves. But, again, as far as a culture change, I don't see it very well yet. I'm, I will probably see it next year again when you see the younger players come up in there. But, you know, as far as Scherzer go or 
uh, some other pictures that we have had and did very well in other places there. You can't do nothing but commend them there and really look at their agents and whatnot to say, hey, look, do we want to continue to go through uh, what we're going through here in Detroit right now or basically let's pack our bags and find somewhere else to go. I know Washington didn't have a hard time to get rid of Scherzer when it came time to doing that to lower their payroll down there. But again, you get some young players for Washington and some good ones at that versus uh, the L.A. Dodgers are now uh, fighting for the, uh, the commission of the West. Either they're being the playoffs as a wild card or they're going to win first place. And right now, that's the race right now I'm looking at is that that West Division and the National League, that is going to be tough when it comes down to the, the rubber hitting the road there. And, and San Diego, you got to look at them as well. They're, they're getting better instead of getting worse. Yeah, looking at the the races, Butch, for the divisions in the wild card, pretty much the division races have been settled in the American League, Tampa in the East, the White Sox in the Central, Houston in the West, well ahead in their divisions. But the wild card race in the American League is wild. Right now it's Boston and Toronto t- tied for the two wild card slots. Blue Jays just absolutely pummeled the Orioles this weekend, winning on Sunday 22-7. to uh, New York Yankees fading a bit. Uh, they were a game back as of today's game. Seattle and Oakland three games back. And the National League, they still have a couple competitive division races. You mentioned the Dodgers uh, behind San Francisco, two and a half games in the West. In the East, Atlanta leads Phillies, the Philadelphia Phillies by four and a half, and the Mets by five. Looks like Milwaukee's going to win the Central and the wild card. Uh, pretty much the Dodgers or San Francisco will get a wild card spot. Then the second wild card spot right now has Cincinnati in that spot, tied with San Diego. The Cardinals a game back, Phillies two games back, and even the Mets still in it with being three games back. So, Butch, uh, while the division races, besides one or two, have been decided, this wild card race is certainly wild heading into the final few weeks of the season. Very wild indeed, Dad. And again, I'm pleased for the the commissioner of Major League Baseball to expand that, that uh, the playoff positions there because it's a, it's a shame that you only have X amount of teams making the playoffs and that could be expanded greatly there. That should be expanded greatly there. You got over 30 teams there and, and you know, even the, all the other leagues are, you know, corresponding to uh, more teams in the playoffs and the American League is, uh, and the National League and Major League Baseball is absolutely doing nothing to improve that there. I think Major League Baseball is going to take a hit if they don't somewhere expand their, uh, their playoff premonitions for everybody to watch and see that because the more people you got in the playoffs, the more interests you're going to find in the ballpark, yep. the more fans are going to come out there. And, I, you know, instead of some of the tra- traditional places such as uh, St. Louis or Los Angeles and, uh, of course, the Giants there who always have full ring of crowds in their, in their stadium, you don't see it too much in all the other stadiums. Uh, Milwaukee might be an exception to that rule there, as I see pretty good dog attendance being blasted in that particular park there. But again, they have a dome where they can do very good at the beginning of the season as well as the end of the season because of the <clears throat> the, the volume of uh, the, the weather and whatnot there. So it, hopefully the playoffs get expanded 
uh, some way down the line, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, it makes sense because, again, it's more revenue for Major League Baseball when you have teams that might not be in the wild card chase with two teams being three or four. You're just going to you know, increase your revenue, and I just think it's a good thing all around. We're going to take our next break here on the game. When Butch and I come back, we'll transition to the National Hockey League as the Detroit Red Wings going to be a little closer to Sault Ste. Marie as they will be starting their prospects tournament. We'll also talk about the Pistons and all sorts of other things going on in the world of sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compact or utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinners of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? That's okay. Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan product to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. It's 2021 and Reed Metals in Dafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your cooling bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 732 on the game. Scott Nason with you. ESPN of 1400 as we are continuing to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's move on to the Detroit Red Wings as they are approaching the 2021-22 training camp. But before that, 
the 2021 NHL Prospect Tournament returning after it not being there last year due to COVID-19. And the Detroit Red Wings will be playing in three separate games uh, with uh, their roster, which was just announced, as they will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets, Dallas Stars, and St. Louis Blues over the course of their three games coming up in Traverse City later this week. The Red Wings roster consists of 13 forwards, seven defensemen, and three netminders. Uh, looking at the roster, some of the names that stand out to me are players like first-rounders Sebastian Kosa, Lucas Raymond, and Joe Valeno, along with uh, players like Jonathan Berggren. Uh, your thoughts on the prospect tournament and the Red Wings heading into camp? A little closer to this area, Butch, in Traverse City. This is the uh, uh, dress rehearsal for some of those young kids that make the Red Wing roster this year there. If not, they'll be gone. you'll see these kids in Grand Rapids, definitely. But again, uh, <clears throat> also a reminder, the Toronto, Blue, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are being this particular too. So yep. They have a Canadian team traveling down there to uh, Traverse City in order to take part in this, which is uh, pretty cool. I'm quite sure our buddy uh, Dave McKay will <laughs> be watching that very carefully there and having stitches if they do very bad there. I'm quite sure you're hearing on the Game Sports Show, Susan Marie Canada there. Oh, no doubt about that, Butch. Or rather, Dave has a love-hate relationship with the uh, Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. Doing a little better with the Blue Jays, at least. And certainly Canada's doing pretty good. We'll talk about them here in a moment. But, Butch, uh, moving on to the Detroit Pistons. And over the weekend, uh, one of my favorite all-time players, Ben Wallace, inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame on Saturday night. You know, this is a guy we've talked about him before, but it's worth mentioning again. Obviously, those Piston fans remember him with the championship of 0304. This is a guy that played in Division II Virginia Union, undrafted player, and he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Just wanted your thoughts on that. We've talked about it before, but hey, Ben Wallace is one of my favorite players, so we'll talk about it again tonight. It was kind of miraculous that Chris Weber also yeah. in that group that's got um, uh, accolades for the uh, the Hall of Fame there. Both of those players were with the Washington Wizards at the time when they both yep. got traded and whatnot there. And I guess one uh, player can't be more happier than the other player getting going in the Hall of Fame at the same time, especially Ben Wallace, who basically – he would never thought that he would be in that particular position there. But, again, this is a man who worked very hard. He was very good at his craft. He wasn't all that big, bad score there, per se, there. But the man can play some doggone good defense, and he was steady at it. And he got everybody's attention in the NBA and then some when it comes down to playing, uh, showing that defense is just as much important than you running around playing offense there. The NBA, Butch, certainly has changed in the last 15 years since Ben Wallace has played it. And my last question on this topic to you is, will we see a player like Ben Wallace in today's NBA? Because I have a hard time seeing that. Is there going to be another Ben Wallace prototype player in uh, the version of the NBA that seems to focus on all offense? Sure you will. Uh, some coaches uh, come out of the, 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 the tunnel when it comes down to shooting a three-point shot, knowing only two doggone differently, the percentage of three-point shooting is only like anywhere from 25%, and in some cases about 35% of, um, of, of making the shot there. You know, again, you're going to see more teams uh, challenge the, um, the hole there, 
Because, again, those 18-footers, those 15-foot shots, those are money shots there. Yeah. And and we're not seeing it a lot in the NBA there. As there you know, again, we have coaches who feel that the three-pointer is the, the kiss of death when it comes down to winning, and it has not been. Um uh, We'll see some more Ben Wallace's around there. We'll see some more uh, good players like Chauncey Billups around there, okay, who can play defense as well as offense. I'm quite sure that, you know, there's a lot of young kids out there who basically right now, if their game is not adjusted by the particular coaches that draft them, would have some sound uh, feelings on playing defense and getting their name in, in scroll because they can do that just as good as them putting the ball in the hoop there. So, yes, I, I see it coming there. It, I haven't seen it lately again because we see this resurgence of the three-point shot, and it's not really – it's not making the team more successful there because, again, the percentage of uh, the shot, you're not making them, okay? So you've got to go back to plan A, and that is getting the sure shot. And we'll, we'll see more teams, I'm quite sure, with those 15-footer, 18-footers uh, uh, going and challenging the rim and, and, and taking it to the hole there. We'll, we'll see it there. You know, it, it's, it's coming. Good. I want to see it. I want to see more of it in the NBA. Speaking of the Pistons, Butch, they will open a, their training camp at the end of September, and they have announced their preseason schedule. They will start preseason action at Little Caesars Arena on October 6th, hosting San Antonio. Then they'll travel to Memphis on October 11th. They'll travel to the New York Knickerbockers on October 13th and end their preseason at home against Philadelphia on October 15th. The regular season opener will be at home against Chicago on October 20th. And Butch, we're we're still a couple weeks away from training camp, but you look at this Pistons roster, their longest tenured player right now is a player they drafted a couple years ago, Killian Hayes. That is almost unbelievable that he's the longest tenured player with the Detroit Pistons. Just overall uh, preseason schedule and training camp with the Pistons, what should our fans expect? Nothing. (laughs) No, I'm I'm just kidding there. Um, If I cannot see Dwayne Casey being here, if he doesn't come out to shoot, being a lot more successful than what he is there. Killam Hayes might be the veteran there, but he might be also the odd man out when it comes down to uh, the Pistons keeping him and maybe getting a good veteran to uh, uphold the Pistons in certain kind of ways and, and again, playing defense or, or keeping the team together, having some influence over the younger players there. Again, you don't see that from the Pistons there, but again, they have a, a group of young players, Stewart, uh, who has shown much improvement when he was able to be put on the floor and show his wares and whatnot there. So if the coaching staff is right, then hopefully it will be right with uh, coaches like Beeline, who's working with the team and working with those particular players and whatnot, get a lot better. We should see the Pistons do a, a huge improvement. I, I I believe that they'll come to that. If not, we're going to find the middle of the season that they'll be looking for a new coach. Yeah, I agree there. And certainly and they have them right there in Beeline. Yeah, yeah, John Beeline certainly could take over there indeed. Butch, before we go to our final break, U.S. Open tennis this weekend. Certainly uh, some big stories there yesterday. 
Daniel Medvedev, the number two seed, uh, knocked off Novak Djokovic in straight sets to win his first ever major championship and denying Djokovic uh, what would have been the first calendar Grand Slam in men's tennis since 1969 as Medvedev wins on Sunday. And then on Saturday, I'll tell you what, I don't think many people had Emma Ratichu and Layla Fernandez in the women's final, but the young British girl, 18 years old, who was the first ever player to go through qualifying of the week before the U.S. Open to win the U.S. Open or any major tournament as she knocked off Layla Fernandez 6-4, 6-3 to win her first finals. Matter of fact, Butch uh, Ratichu had her flight booked to head out of town after the qualifying rounds. Obviously had to change that when she made it, but I just thought some great tennis by those young ladies and uh, certainly Medvedev winning the title over Djokovic yesterday. Uh, some real good tennis played in New York this weekend. Yeah, Radiju didn't miss a beat. He didn't lose one set. Not one set. Not one set. You know, and that's hard to do, okay? You you might have one or two. You're going to lose before you kind of bounce back there. But she didn't miss a beat at all. And yes, you're going to see a resurgence also in that particular uh, sport, in tennis. You're going to see a lot more younger players get involved with that there, you know? And as the elder uh, statesman, uh, kind of move aside or play less tennis, you're going to see a lot more younger kids come on out there and do their wear there. Uh, players like Coco Goff is going to get yep. better. Uh, players like Stevenson is going to get better. You're going to see some newer players that come out the wet wash there. Hopefully uh, in nearby Michigan, we can start producing a lot more tennis players from uh, the MHSAA uh, uh doing a better job of, of, of stationing tennis and making sure that tennis is available in all the schools and whatnot there. I'm kind of very disappointed with the Detroit public school system and how they work it and some of the other suburban teams that don't have tennis on their roster when it comes down to uh, um, allowing these kids to get some type of experience there. And, you know, it Tennis used to be the, the game that if your parents had a little bit of money, you can go and get with this special club and and do wonders with a particular coach, and they will string you along at 12 years old until you get about 15 or 16, then you go into the tournaments and whatnot. Uh, that still is changing a little bit there. And, again, as more uh particular schools like public schools get more involved in tennis. And I like to see that Michigan do a better job in, in kind of promoting that and also promoting other uh, other high schools that have not had tennis on their uh, on their calendar there. You know, allow these kids to get involved with tennis. They would get allowed if you, if, if you offer it to them there. So until that happens, you're going to see a lot more European um, players, men and women alike, boys and girls, okay, be the head of the, the social gathering when it comes down to tennis there because it's not a rich folks game in those particular countries. Butch, we're going to take our final break of the night. When you and I come back, we still have more sports to talk about, including soccer and wrestling. All coming up on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. 
At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at onbloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Summer, the change of seasons is sure to bring a smile to your face. Don't let your mood sour at the prospect of dealing with that unreliable mower for yet another year. Rely on the experts at Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service. Their highly skilled technicians can help. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service takes pride in their work and they know that an ounce of prevention can mean years of reliability down the road. Call them to talk about your service needs or stop in and chat with Paul and the gang today. Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75, exit 373, Rudyard, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingatory, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. Butch, let's get to a couple of my favorite topics in soccer and wrestling. Let's start with soccer. And over the past week or so, Team USA uh, found themselves in a bad spot last week in Honduras. They trailed one nothing to Honduras at half after drawing a pair of matches in World Cup qualifying to El Salvador and Canada. But they stormed back to a 4-1 to win. So USA, after three matches, uh, tied with Canada for one of the three automatic berths with 11 matches to play. They will resume international competition on October 7th at home against Jamaica. And Butch, I know Team USA soccer uh, certainly doesn't get maybe a lot of attention in the world of sports. It's something that I certainly follow. But uh, USA got off to a shaky start, but uh, certainly uh, stormed back. And uh, they're in pretty good position after three matches matches well that's three matches you got 11 more to go yes you do this is the this is where again it's gonna the the stuff is gonna hit the fan okay with the usa uh uh soccer uh ensemble there uh, i think it's gotten better from years past yep again they have a lot more games to go and when they hit south america that's when it's going to, the rubble's going to meet the road on these particular teams, our team, the United States there, they got to, you know, they got to put a more aggressive effort when it comes down to offense there. And I, I don't see it right now. I'm quite sure they got some players 
who are vividly very good offensively there, and maybe they're just holding that back in you know case of emergency there. But I like to see the U.S. and the United States be a lot more aggressive when it comes down to playing offense there. Uh, the defense, I'm I'm enjoying it there. They're doing a pretty doggone good job. I have no complaint with that at all. You know, when you're holding teams and one goal or zero goals, you're doing a pretty good job there. Their offensive output, I think, and I know they got players there who are very capable of putting the ball in the net, okay? So uh, we'll, we'll see because by November – We'll know if USA is ready to meet the world. Yeah, I agree. And certainly they need a little more creativity on offense. And they did change their formation in that Honduras match, which certainly helped, as you should beat Honduras. But any game on the road in World Cup qualifying is tough because if you've seen some of those stadiums that they play in, Butch, in Honduras and El Salvador, you got the riot police with the shields. You got the fences along the things. It, it can get pretty pretty hairy and dangerous in the world of soccer when you're playing in some of these international places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like the old days when you're in the Detroit Public School League, you go into a visitor's place to play football or something, you 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 hurry up and get on the bus so you don't throw rocks or bricks <laughs> right. at you and stuff right. there. But uh, uh, the USA right now, you know, they they got to get their courage together there and deal with the, with the principles, what they got to deal with there. And hopefully they come out okay where they can, again, meet the world and not be put in a position where they're not playing no soccer at all, okay? Butch, my favorite league, the Premier League, uh, resumed action this weekend, uh, just four matches into the season, but we saw the return of Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United. All he did was score two goals in Manchester United's 4-1 to win over Newcastle. Uh, Man U is top of the table with Chelsea and Liverpool. No surprise there. Man City, Brighton, a little bit of a surprise, and Tottenham a point back. And, you know, what I like about the Premier League, Butch, is, you know, every match matters. And it's just the fact that these matches are on before a lot of the other sports get on. You know, a lot of morning matches and uh, certainly having Ronaldo back in the Premier League. You know me, I'm a Chelsea fan, but I love it because he just he he's he's a, a man among boys. It seems like even at the age of 37, this guy's still at the top of his game. Yeah, you don't mind getting up at Saturday morning at 7 o'clock in the morning and seeing the game starting and, and floating up your day there. Yep. It, 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 that's a pretty good combination, eating your cereal and watching soccer early in the morning there. And then it goes on practically all day long there as the evening games start off around about 5 o'clock their time, 12 o'clock our time there. It, you know, you, you get a great mix. And I think NBC... Uh, it's doing a pretty doggone good job with that Peacock channel there, uh, showing the games and uh, getting people exposed to the Premier League as well as uh, uh, ESPN doing the same thing with uh, their particular uh, teams that they're uh, uh, in charge of, there, the UFA League and whatnot there. Butch, let's, uh, before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down, let's talk about the world of wrestling. And certainly it's exciting times for anyone that likes wrestling. Uh, All Elite Wrestling is really starting to get some momentum uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, of course, the CM Punk debut last weekend in their pay-
pay-per-view, we saw new signings of the former Daniel Bryant, now known as Brian Danielson. And, uh, yes, exactly. And Adam Cole from NXT that have uh, joined uh, several that have uh, made the move to that organization. And the WWE, certainly, now they have some serious competition with AEW. And, well, they've had some returns of their own. Becky Lynch, uh, who is now a heel, which I like, who will face Bianca Belair in the next pay-per-view, along with Brock Lesnar's return to SmackDown and a great match this Friday between Seth Rollins and Edge. It's exciting times for the world of wrestling right now, Butch. Yeah, it's, it's getting pretty good tonight. Ain't no better here as the Almighty uh, faced Randy Orton. Yeah. So you know some things going to come out of that particular match. Uh, Charlotte Flair and then Shayna Baisley. This is the young lady, and I'm talking about Shayna Baisley, who's been held back for quite some time there. And I expected a whole lot of great things from Shayna Baisley, but I think this is a young lady who can go over the top and then some there. And, you know, Charlotte Flair is, is playing the role as usual there, but don't count out Shayna Baisley there when it comes down to uh, moving up the ladder, when it comes down to uh, wrestling uh, integrity there. Damian Priest, he's having his own almighty open challenge there. <laughs> and who's going to come out of there? I have no idea there. And uh, Rhea Ripley, another particular wrestler that I feel that should be at the top of her game right now, getting matches, and she's going to be dealing with Natalia tonight there. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of... I'm kind of wondering how the, the WWE is thinking there. Yeah, I guess it's time for a mix-up from SmackDown to uh, yep. Monday Night Raw, and and therefore there, so they they can get a complete mix of some wrestlers that really not getting the claim of fame, and they got a lot of good wrestlers there. But again, they're not getting the the the, the call that. Uh, so many wrestlers were received from other organizations. And Butch, final point on wrestling before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down. Uh, Eric Bischoff, who is the former president of WCW, uh, was quoted this week talking about how AEW is well on their way to becoming a legitimate competition for the WWE. And uh, it kind of brings back the old Monday Night Wars uh, you know, thing with WWE and then WCW. Now, right now, they're on different nights. Uh, the main AEW program is on Wednesday night. Of course, you have WWE on Monday and Friday. You do have an AEW program on Friday at 10 o'clock. If they continue to grow and garner more audience, uh, do you envision a possible resumption of the Monday night wars with AEW and the WWE? You know, quite the kept the wars already started. Okay? Yes. They, the, uh, AEW has a style of wrestling and appearance that attracts more wrestlers because it brings you back to the old days like when the Sheik and Bobo Brazil and Mark Lewin and all these other wrestlers were wrestling where you saw some class wrestling there. But again, uh, where the WWE is, um, they, they, um, it's just a lot more fighting and that's not wrestling, okay? That's just beating somebody up. They might well, you know, put a stage in like a, looking like an alley with some trash cans around <laughs> it there, you know. But but I think the pressure is being put on the WWE to bring out more wrestling matches instead of these knock them out brawls and uh, these set up of uh, interviews that take 
five, ten, fifteen minutes before they even show a match and whatnot there. And that's where the AEW is uh, way ahead of the game there. And a lot of the AEW keep going. I never thought they were behind. I think right now they pushed the button when uh and the pressure on when when they first came about there because we they showing wrestlers there that basically came to the WWE and didn't get a dime a dozen there. But uh the 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 culture of the particular matter there is just basically simple. Uh, I think the WWE right now is right now is trying to find uh, a, a sense of uh, chemistry, okay? Because they got uh, they got the NXT uh, uh, particular uh, uh, ensemble there. Yep. So how are you going to mix that up with the WWE? I think once they do that. WWE will be a lot more competitive right now. AEW is doing it right now, so they are gaining momentum as as we speak. They sure are, Butch. We got a couple minutes for our thumbs up and thumbs down, Butch. I will start thumbs down to the Detroit Lions, especially their defense. Uh, just not good. Uh, let's hope that improves uh, Monday night against Green Bay. Thumbs up. Thumbs up to the two te- teenagers that played in the U.S. Open women's final, Emma Ratichu and Layla Fernandez. Uh, both very good stories. Uh, very genuine individuals, it seems. And certainly we hope to see see a lot more of them in the future. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Oh, boy, you put me in a tight spot right I there. did. Uh, thumbs down for the Detroit Lions, who showed our first half of, uh, of a better show, of a, a show that Bozo the Clown could do a better job with, okay? <laughs> Sign them. It, it was just plain nasty. It was not a competitive game at all. Yes, they did come back there and get everybody a rise at the end of the game there. But they got to do a much better job of coaching there. And I don't blame the players at all. I think they got some players who can do it, but they got to have a better coaching job. So the coaching staff of Detroit Lions, thumbs down. Thumbs up to uh, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Nine hits in a row. You can't get any better than that. And he's continuing to hit and make contributions for this particular team right now when no one else is doing a doggone thing. So Miguel Cabrera gets my thumbs up this week. Butch, we got about 45 seconds. What's up for Butch on sports this week? Uh, we're going to do some high schools this upcoming Wednesday. We didn't do uh, none of it this Sunday because we've you know, been off a week. But we're going to get to with the high schools there. I went and saw some Little League, um, little league uh, uh, football All right. this past Saturday there. And we're going to talk about that and the contribution these Little League make when it comes down to these high schools of being very competitive of finding school choice kids and bring them to their, their neck of the woods there. So we're going to talk about that in a great deal. Butch, as always, we appreciate you joining our show, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game, sir. Be ready and anxious to be there. Yes, indeed. That's going to do it for our show tonight. want to thank our guest and co-host Butch Davis, along with Matt Johnson from Suhai Football. Once again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it in about 15 minutes on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for tonight's show. want to thank all of you for listening, and we will talk to you next week for our next edition of The Game here on ESPN 1400. 
Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.